Happy Independence Day. I'm very uh, honored to be the guest preacher today, and uh, especially since it's Independence Day. You know, did you just listen to the, and speak the Bible readings today? They seem very apt for Independence Day. Ezekiel says he lives in a nation of rebels. In addition to rebellion, Ezekiel complains about transgressions, impudence, and stubbornness. Hmm. Psalm 123 is not much happier. We have had more than enough of contempt, too much of the scorn of the indolent rich and of derision. St. Paul says a messenger from Satan is tormenting him. Uh-oh. It's no fun to have weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities, Paul says. And finally, Jesus is having trouble. He's having a hard time doing deeds of power in his own hometown. Well, on this Independence Day, maybe we can relate. Here in America, we have seen our share of rebellion, transgressions, contempt, scorn, insults, hardships, calamities. Our big calamity, the pandemic. It kills so many people, and it harms so many people with poor health. It also triggered partisan arguments. The insurrection at the US Capitol in January was a real disaster for the rule of law and the assurance of fair elections. Happy Independence Day. Now, I'm not going to take sides in the politics. You can rest assured. I'm here to put this in a Christian context, nonpartisan, okay? But I want you to join an experiment with me, okay? Just join me just for a couple of minutes and think about someone that you know, someone you respect, maybe someone you love who disagrees with you about politics. I'm not taking sides, I'm just saying, think right now about someone that disagrees with you about politics. Everybody seems to have an opinion. He or she takes a position you do not agree with, that's all. Someone you care about who believes that what you believe is wrong. You two folks disagree. They gotta, maybe you have a picture in your head of somebody like that. Maybe not. But think of a real person that you disagree with, but otherwise you care about. It doesn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or an atheist or a man or a woman or a spiritual, go to war, go to, don't go to church, but spiritual, not religious. Doesn't matter. The person you care about or think about or respect disagrees with you. It's somebody, everybody has somebody that they care for who disagrees on partisan politics right now. I'm pretty sure of that. With him or her in your mind, what would you say right now to that person? Right now. Deciding that you would not say anything at all is, let's leave that out of this experiment, okay? In real life, some people just often say, we just won't talk about that, that's off the record, we can't talk about that with him or her. Shut up and talk about the weather, or sports, or politics, or not politics, anything but politics. Too hot to handle, so be quiet. Now I want you to think about what you would say to the person you have a disagreement with. 
Would you try to change their minds? Would you argue? Would you quote the experts that you like, even though he or she doesn't? Would you point out how stupid he's become? Uh, that doesn't work very well. <laughs> Would you blame him for all that's gone wrong in America? Uh, well, good luck. None of this works, of course. You will have an uphill battle changing someone else's mind. Do you want to see the person who has the hardest time changing his or her mind? Do you want to see the person who has the hardest time changing his or her mind? The one you'll have a very hard time changing? Look in the mirror. Well, I know that personally, so. I don't know about you, but I am the kind of person, a stubborn person that Ezekiel complains about in the reading we heard today. Change is not easy. I'm change resistant myself, so I can understand this. So what can you and I do about all the crap that's dividing our country? What can we do about the challenges, we, challenges that we are experiencing in the here and now, the transgressions, imprudence, stubbornness, contempt, derision, weakness, insults, persecutions, calamities, dishonor? Help us, Lord Jesus. And here's the answer, and it's from Jesus. It's right in front of us in the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 6, in the story of Jesus in his hometown. Prophets are not without honor except in their hometown with their own family and in their own house. Jesus was amazed at their disbelief. Jesus could do few deeds of power with his friends there. Wow. This is a remarkable admission. But it says he could lay his hands on sick people and cure them. That doesn't sound like a small thing to me. Cure is pretty good. For anybody who's been through this last year, cure is very good. So Jesus then sends his disciples out to counter unclean spirits. Well, time out. Time out. You might have thought that it's a difficult thing to change other people's minds, the, friend, the minds, the friends of the people you like or disagree with. But try confronting unclean spirits or demons. The demons are bad habits, evil acts, addictions, mental anguish, anger, frustration. Well, you might be thinking, well, the apostles might be able to cure them, but uh, that's above my pay grade. But wait, there's guidance in the gospel story. If the people in the town do not welcome you or listen to your statements of belief, if they don't listen to you, shake the dust off your feet. Now, what the heck does that mean? Don't complain. Move on. Don't blame yourself. Don't feel inadequate. Don't argue. Don't challenge them. You might suggest they repent. What is repenting? Changing. It isn't easy. Repentance means changing not only the way you think, but the way you treat other people. This is the crucial point of Jesus' message. It's not just about what you think, it's about what you do. Show love, patience, respect for the rules, living the commandments. You're supposed to love your neighbors. Jesus says you should love your enemies. I'm really having a hard time with that one. 
That one's tough. Loving your enemies. You should love your enemies. Well, forgive me, Lord. Repentance does not start with the others. It starts with us, each of us. With you and with me and with each of us. It requires listening. The most important thing you can do with someone you disagree with is listen. Show them respect. Listen. Don't immediately try to say, that's wrong. Listen. In the Cairo's prison ministry, which I've done now for 20-something years, that's the motto, listen, listen, love, love. You don't go in to convert. That happens because of the Holy Spirit. But you go in to listen and show respect. Well, it's Independence Day. It also starts with forgiveness. Do you want to be independent? Free of all the bad thoughts, bad habits, bad actions, all the stuff in your life that doesn't work. You want to be free of the unclean spirits that seem to infect everything. Are you sick and tired of transgressions, impudence, stubbornness, contempt, derision, weakness, insults, persecution, calamities, and dishonors? They're all in these gospel and, and epistle readings today. It ain't new. Now look at the last statements in the reading from the Gospel of Mark. It's from Mark chapter 6, verse 13. The disciples went out and proclaimed that all should repent. I'm underlining that word, all should repent. You and me too. And look what happened next. They cast out those demons. They anointed many who were sick and cured them. This is not the story of failure. It seems like it, reading these readings, it's like, wow, this is terrible. Everything's all screwed up. It's a story of success at the end because the friends of Jesus went out to their friends and helped them to change. One key to repentance is forgiveness. If you're mad at that person that we were talking about earlier that you disagree with or that disagrees with you, forgiveness is appropriate by you. Let me give you one last story and then I'll stop. It's from the prison stuff and it's about forgiveness and it's about the power of Jesus to forgive. Okay? And here it is. I do these small group sessions in prison. I meet with these people. One of the guys at my table a few years back, and I won't say his name because I promised him I wouldn't, had been on death row for 20 years. Now that really affects you mentally. And he was very withdrawn and never spoke. In this small group, he never spoke, spoke one word except, hi, would you like to talk? No. Never spoke. And one day, after about six months of never speaking, he said, I wrote her a letter. First words out of his mouth, I wrote her a letter. And then he shut up. Well, I'm not supposed to ask curiosity questions, but I did. Who? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not really good at self-discipline. Who? Who'd you write? And he said, the widow of the man I killed. Uh-oh. I immediately go into, you know, the Klingons are coming, like from Star Wars. Uh-oh, we better not go there. He had not read the letter. He hadn't, he hadn't opened the envelope. And he holds it up. I'm thinking, oh no, she probably told him to go to hell. I hate your guts. I'll never forgive you. This is the worst thing that ever happened. You son of a, you know what? 
I'm, I'm thinking all these thoughts and perspiring. And the guy sitting next to him, the inmate, the guy grabs the letter, reads, opens it, and reads it out loud. This is an O.S. moment. <laughs> this is not going to go well. And guess what she wrote? I forgave you 24 years ago, and I have been praying for you every day since. And the room was filled with the Holy Spirit. I leave you with that thought. This is not the story of failure, what you heard today in these readings. It's not the failure of store. It's not the story of failure. It's a story about what we each have to do. Forgiveness, listening, being good neighbors, and I really have a hard time saying this, loving our enemies. <laughs>